I'm not saying I'm going to rule the world or I'm going to change the world, but I guarantee that I will spark the, the, the brain that will change the world. And that's our job. Tribe called Quest. You say the whole thing. Uh, it's, uh, welcome, welcome back. Welcome, welcome back. And uh, this is episode 200 as a podcast. Oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. Oh, so, you, know, you know I got that too. <laughs> hey, look at this nigga got sound effects and shit now. This, this nigga has upgraded. <laughs> That's all like, yeah, you gotta have the headphones. You gotta be able to hear all this shit. <laughs> That's what's up. That's what's up. What I up, love Jay? It. Uh, I see Jay just spoke to yeah, JB. Yeah, yeah. What's up, fellas? So as you see, JB is here tonight as we do our uh, 200th episode of being a podcast of being a pod named Kickback. So when I decided that we were gonna do do some changes, we was gonna do the Kickback conversation, Kickback sports, Kickback after dark. And of course, the regular podcast. Um, I wanted to take a week off, regroup, get some things done. When it was episode 200, who should I do episode 200 with? Who should I share this milestone with? I said, can I call my brother and get his ass over here? <laughs> the one that helped you start it all, right? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> now, we got about four or 500 episodes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. As, a, as a podcast, Real it's talk. only two. Real, Real talk, what? God. I mean, with 200. That's yeah. still a lot. That's a ton. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> got to shout you out for being consistent, my brother. <laughs> <laughs> factory, factory, man. Um, we can go ahead and start, but actually, I want to... And um, shit, let me think, let me think, let me think. So first we got to shout out our sponsors. Uh, shout out to Moe's Marvelous Cleaning. Hit up Mo for all your cleaning needs. You get 10% off if you use code KICKBACKERS. Shout out to MySexRoom.net. If you need your, your toys and your lingerie and all your sexy feel-good goodies, Go to mysexroom.net into code code kickbackers to get 10% off. And of course, for all your insurance needs, holler at me and Jay Lou. That's what it is. Now, finally, welcome to a pod named Kickback. Oh, well, you got to say it now. Oh, since you here, since you here, I've been saying it without you having a kid. We're going to say it. But since you here, it's a pod named Kickback. A pod named Kickback. It's like a trap called Quest. You say the whole thing. thing. <laughs> uh, I'm a no breaks new to Righteous Ratchet. 
If you throw it, I'll catch it. If you got it, I'll match it every Monday. We right back at it. I am the Black Savage, the Magneto of my people. I hated that. I, I, hey, <laughs> well, oh. Hello, everyone. Once again, I am JB Frank. I am that gangster geek. As always, representing nerves with attitude. Welcome back to the kickback, y'all. Welcome back, welcome back, <laughs> welcome back. So we got a pretty good show for y'all, I think, today. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about uh, Coolio on the BET Awards, this whole thing going on with Trump, Kanye's White Lives Matter, Kodak Black is giving back. Um, this excellent movie, Intergalactica, that we got to just deep dive on. Um, loving someone through their healing or loving someone after they've healed. Uh, what's going on in the NFL, the NBA preseason, my Cowboys beat up on them commanders. And I'm listening to music out there by Gibbs, Tory Lanez, YG, and Division. First, though, we got to go through our high of the week and our low of the week. You want to start that, JB? You want me to start it? Uh, why don't you go ahead and start it, New? You, mm-hmm. you, you know, this is your thing, 200th episode. Yeah, jump in there and talk okay. about your highs and lows. I'm going to say my high of the week is twofold. Um, I took some me time this week. I just was like, you know what? Well, last week I put in um, leaving. Like, I'm, I need a couple of days off. Mm-hmm. I need to get, I need mental health days, which I used to take every every month. I would take one day just for me. And I haven't done it in a while. It's been on the grind. So I took some mental health days today, and that just felt better. It just re-energized me. It just, you know, made me feel, made me feel good. Also, um, another big thing is, Episode pockets episode two hundred. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> I can actually hear it with the headphones right now. <laughs> um, so I definitely feel good about that. My um my low of the week. I haven't had a real low of the week. Um, I just in general I want to be a little further ahead than where I am, mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. going to linger. But yeah. it's going it's, it's motivational. It's got you motivated though. You're exactly. going you're going to keep it you're going to keep it moving. That's actually a good low to have though. That's not a bad thing, you know what I'm saying? Um my my high of the week um I will have to say my high of the week was um really just um spending some time uh spending a lot of time, quality time with my daughter over the past week. I know, you know, we talk about high lows of the week, but, you know, spending, she had a week off from school during their, you know, fall break or whatever. Okay. And and her uh, her brother went on a school trip with the rest of the class um, and um, their mom went with, um, you know, our son. So it was just me and my daughter, you know, okay. for a full week hanging out, chilling, you know, watching our corny ass YouTube videos together (laughs) and history videos together and just, you know, talking about life, talking about her and, you know, meeting all of her friends and all of that kind of stuff. It really was awesome, you know. Um, you know, I mean, spending time with your kids, especially on a vacation, is like a double vacation. Especially because my daughter is 15 right now, so now it's mm-hmm. really, really critical for me to get to know her, get to know what Absolutely. she's about, get to know her friends, and so spending that time with her was really, 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 really excellent. 
um, for me. My low of the week has been a low for me for months right now, but it's just ongoing. We'll talk about it a little bit later on the show. Mm -hmm. um, and it is upsetting me personally. Um, so hopefully when we talk about that, I don't get you guys as angry as I am right now, but, <laughs> um, but we'll break that down a little later. It has everything to do with what's going on in our country right now, though, and how it scares the shit out of me, but we'll get there later. <laughs> and I, I forgot to do this, so I'm gonna do it now. Now, high low, who wants to go first? So I got an intro for every segment now. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And that's okay. From, from the, uh, the movie, um, uh, the story of us. That's where I got Hadlow originally from. The story of us movie. Mm. But, um, so let's go into our uh, Bible story of the week. My left stroke just went viral. Oh, our viral story of the week. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love all the technical improvements, man. I love it. This nigga upgraded like shit. I ain't even mad at you. I ain't even mad. <laughs> So uh, of our story of the week, um, I do want to do a rest in peace to Coolio. Um, it, it was it was a little shocking, you know. You just don't expect, um, you know, a lot of the young rappers, unfortunately, are being killed. They're being it's a war on them, and I don't like it. I don't love it. Um, but I'm also concerned about rappers who are passing away in their fifties and sixties. Mm -hmm. It's like, damn, because look at some of the rock stars. They're living to be 70, 80. Why are rappers dying so young? Um, of quote unquote natural causes. Um, I believe they're saying it was a cardiac arrest, but I just want to um, give Coolio's flowers real quick. Uh, first, um, I was a fan of WC in the Man Circle. Mm -hmm. Coolio was the, with all respectfully, I mean, I mean this respectfully. He was the flavor flave of WC in the Man Circle. He had the wild hair. He was the funny one. He was the one you always want to hear say something like. If it's somebody else on the song, I hope it's Coolio on that song. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. And then he went solo. Hit us with fantastic voice, ride, ride, slippity slide. Um, oh, what's up, Mo? I see you. Um, and then he um, dropped one of the biggest records in the history of rap music, uh, Gangsta's Paradise, mm -hmm. with uh, LV. And mm -hmm. that song owned that year, owned mm -hmm. the Grammys, owned every award show, owned the radio. Shit, it owned our hearts, because that was one of the biggest songs where it's like coming from the heart, dealing with the struggle, dealing with all the shit trying to make it through. No matter what you was going through, you felt like you was in the gangster's paradise. If you was playing football, I gotta, gotta train, I gotta get up in the morning. If you was doing homework, gangster's paradise, nigga. If you was trying to go get that bad chick, I'm in the gangster's paradise. I'm in the struggle, I gotta go, I gotta get it. And um, at least that's how I took it, JD. Yeah, I mean, it was a it was a big deal. I mean, he, he, he was just an amazing artist. He had an amazing character. Um, he was so lovable, amazing personality. His career got really, really big then though. Cause remember that that song Gangsta's Paradise made its way into like a big, big movie that yeah, came Dangerous out. Dangerous Minds. Dangerous Minds with Michelle Pfeiffer. That's mm -hmm. right. Um, so, you know, losing that kind of artist, losing that national treasure is always a tragic loss and rest in peace. Our hearts and prayers go out to his family family um, and everyone who is feeling this loss more acutely than just his fans, you know? Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Rest in peace, Coolio. Um, also, last night, we got to see the BET Awards. And it was, it was pretty good, man. It was pretty good. Fat Joe hosted. Um, there were a lot of excellent performances. They did a tribute to Loud Records, which is 
basically the 90s of hip hop. So they had everybody come out, um, Wu-Tang and uh, uh, Havoc and Mob Deep, uh, Rest in Peace Prodigy, uh, Fat Joe, of course. Um, it was just a who's who of that era. And even the clips reunited, uh, Malice and Pusha T reunited for, wow. I think, one of the first times in the last 10 years. And they did grinding. And it just was like, hey! And um, Yo Gotti's team, they, they racked up. Kendrick Lamar racked up. Um, and in podcasting, uh, Nori, they, it was a tie between Nori and Carisha, her new podcast, Carisha Please, which is on Diddy's Revolt. Mm-hmm. Um, and it felt good to see Nori get his just due. I mean, Nori's podcast, he's had uh, Mike Tyson. He's had Kevin Hart. Um, this week, he had Shaq. He's had, he's been Kanye. He's been getting the A-list. Issa mm-hmm. Rae, Dave Chappelle. Like, he's been bringing A-list guests. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I think he's running the game right now. You know, uh, Joe, my guy. But Nori's running the game. He's bringing you the interviews you want. And he had Pat on the bill when they getting drunk, nigga. <laughs> Telling old stories about Nicky Vangelis. <laughs> I was like, you know, it's the goat. Nori's the goat. <laughs> Pat LaBelle like, yeah, I heard y'all be smoking reefer on here. <laughs> he was like, he was like, I'm not going to smoke in front of you, man. But she was like... I've been around before. before. Yeah. Smoke. I'm not. I'm not gonna smoke, but you can smoke. <laughs> uh, she was just telling stories about how Luther Vangelis. I said this quick story. Um, was selling her was the clothes guy. He had all the boosted clothes, and um, he, he was selling her shit. And he was selling her that he wanted to be a single or whatever. And I, I think she let him do a background vocal or something. And I actually, I career. actually heard that story on another interview. Go okay, ahead, though. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's then, true. Like, that's accurate. Luther, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, he what he was. He started out as one of her backup singers. That mm-hmm. is, that is true. That is, that is definitely true. Yeah, she funny. has stories about damn near everybody. I tell you, this one time I met this guy and then something, something, and then he did this and that, and it was ludicrous. You know, whoever the, the person was, but she has a lot of stories about meeting people and helping people or getting to know people and then next thing you know they're just as big as she is or whatever mm-hmm, so shout out mm-hmm. to mama patty mm-hmm. um definitely uh that and shout out to nori um and drink champs and shit yeah yeah i mean these podcasters now are are straight up and down journalists you know yeah, they're doing uh, a real conference. yeah yeah po- podcast podcast is where you get your news now it's where you get your updates now it's where you get your thoughtful insights and opinions right so mm-hmm. you know we're going to see that quality evolve but the thing that i love about this podcast game is how our people have jumped in on the ground floor with this emerging you know industry you know yeah. We we got niggas who basically started this shit, you know, yeah. <laughs> looking at Joe Button and mm-hmm. you know some of those others, and so that it, it's it's just awesome to see the evolution, man. I love it. I love it. Hell yeah! Hell mm-hmm. yeah! Mm-hmm. Um, let's see what else we got. Oh, we have our "Don't Be Dumb" uh, segment coming up, and I think JB will No, actually, I want the fuck story. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. And I got the board up there, and look, Jimmy, and I, I, I'm still missing shit. Still missing shit. But um, let's go into our what the fuck story of the week. It's the mayor. Yeah. 
Now, this is something that um, JB was very passionate about and said he definitely wanted us to discuss and he wanted to really um, elucidate some things for you guys. Um, I talked to him about it prior, so I'm kind of like, damn, you don't say. <laughs> what the fuck? And so, JB, I want you to have this, you know, some of the conversation that we had with the kickbackers and let them know what's really going on. All right. Um, so, you know, the big what the fuck, and he, he's been a what the fuck for this show for years now. Um, mm-hmm. He's been the what the fuck on a lot of shows, but we got to talk about it, man. Um, Donald Trump and what he is doing to the country right now. But what we really want to talk about now is actually how much trouble this nigga is in right now, because he has got four, count up, four, four major cases that he is battling in the courts right now, and none of them are going well for him right now. Um, Now, for those of you who might have been living under a rock, or for those of you who are just sick of hearing Donald Trump's name in the news and don't want to listen to that shit no more, and honestly, (laughs) I understand that, I respect that, but at the same time, number one, Um, The Department of Justice, the DOJ, is going after Trump because he just absconded, walked out of the White House with a shitload of documents. And a good way to draw this parallel is imagine if you left your job at the insurance agency or where, you know, wherever you work and you just decided to pack up your computer (laughs) <laughs> in your in your bag or your boxes and take that shit with you. You know, do you think that that would fly? No, it, of course it wouldn't. Of course, Donald Trump is trying to lie his way out of all of this shit and saying that he declassified them or whatever, whatever. But what makes this shit really, 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 really bad, guys, is that he took top secret documents, including intelligence resources on other countries and potential nuclear classified documentation. Um, These things are horrible because you have to ask yourself, why would he want to take those? What is he trying to do with all of that information? Now, they're not saying this shit on the air, but kickbackers, y'all are street smart, right? What reason do you ever have to steal information from somebody else unless you intend to share it and to share it with me and make money off of it? That's why you steal information. What is Donald Trump trying to do with all of this documentation? Well, you have to ask yourself if he were able to successfully secure the presidency again, what would he need to do next? He would need to make sure that foreign countries legitimize his presidency, right? Mm -hmm. He would need, for example, say Russia, China, Brazil, Italy, Hungary, all who have highly conservative governments right now to step in and say, oh, yeah, yeah, Donald Trump is the president. That election was fake. Of course he's the president. Well, how do you secure those types of support? You give them a little, you give them a little something, something on the side, mm-hmm. you know, maybe mm-hmm. a little information that you stole from the White House just to get them on your good side. That's why that's really, really shitty and really, really scary. Because what will they do with that information? Thank you. That is the question. Thank you. And that is like when 
I, I knew he stole some shit. And I was like, you're just a weirdo taking shit. And JB was like, well, why do you think he took it? And I'm like, oh, get the fuck. He's li- literally probably with Putin. Putin helped get him elected last time. He's probably like, you know, I lose this election. I'll leave with this stuff. Hey, Putin, take this. This is some shit you need. Help me get elected again. And I think that um, that's a reality. Yeah. That is a reality. Yeah, yeah. Now, I mentioned before that there are four cases. That's just one of them. Number two, New York, the state of New York. Um, they are coming after his ass, and I, I, I can't put it no other way. Um, this nigga has been found to overvalue all of his properties in New York so that he could get loans from banks and other organizations based on the collateral of the value of his properties. But then come tax time, all of a sudden those properties are literally worth 30 times less than he stated on those loan documents. So it's fraud. It's just fraud straight up and down, straight up and down. And so because they knew it would be so difficult to go after him in a criminal court, they went after him in a civil court. They're going after that nigga's money. So she filed a lawsuit for a minimum of $250 million. Damn. Yeah. Damn. Um, yeah. Humming. <laughs> Coming at you. Um, number three, guys, uh, is the case in Atlanta. And this is a case directly related to the election because now they're bringing him up or working to bring him up on criminal charges in Atlanta for trying to influence the outcome of the election in Georgia. Um, What Donald Trump did is he had uh, Rudy Giuliani, a couple of other people, and then he called um, the the Secretary of State for Georgia himself and asked this man to somehow find him 11,700 votes so that he could win the state of Georgia. Now, trying to cajole or, 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 or bully elected officials into breaking the law for you is against the law. <laughs> that is that is also considered fraud. It's considered election fraud. Um, also, it's just a criminal violation of the election laws of the state of Georgia and of the federal government. And the last one, the fourth one, again, January 6th, in fucking surrection, right? Um, this man, in my opinion, should be tried for treason um, because he did try and overthrow the United States government. And here's why it's scary, guys. And here's why this is a big what the fuck, because here's the what the fuck. He still has support of almost half of the country. So I know a lot of you are sitting here watching us and saying, oh, man, Donald Trump, he's crazy. He's absolutely crazy. Whatever. That nigga's crazy. No, all of y'all aren't actually saying that, statistically speaking, because in order for him to get support of half of the country, he has to have the support of some of you. Yep. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to say that again. I'm going to say that again. 75 million people voted for Donald Trump in the last election. 82 million people voted 
for Joe Biden in the last election, which is why he won, basically. But 75 million, that ain't just white people, y'all. That ain't just white men, y'all. In fact, that ain't just heterosexuals. So some of y'all so-called woke people right now are lying and y'all are tripping because y'all are still supporting Donald Trump. So I'm calling you out personally right now. And I'm calling out those who fail to call out the motherfuckers they know in their life who support Donald Trump. It is your job to make them feel as stupid as they actually are, because we are in that much danger in this country right now. I'm just going to leave it at that, new before I get really, really, you know, loud and... And they're going to say you're a fear mongering, which is the same bullshit they said um, years and years ago when we were talking about this during the election, the, the first election when uh, he uh, beat Hillary. And everything we predicted, like I said, when we watched sports, we called it, mm-hmm. everything we called came to pass. Roe versus Wade overturned the, uh, 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 the crazy voter restrictions, um, the emergence of this, you know, Antifa and... and um, all these white supremacist groups, QAnon, QAnon the Proud Boys, Proud the Oath Boys. Keepers, um, you know, and 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 let's let's be real. Man, these are militant. Yeah, these are militant groups. Like they showed up, they showed up to the Capitol in military gear. It was yeah. later found that they stashed weapons all around the DMV <laughs> in hotels and shit, waiting for shit to jump off. They had cells of people with weapons waiting for the police to start shooting so they can start shooting back. No bullshit. No bullshit. This is fact. This has been found. They talked about this when they tried the Oath Keepers the other day. By the way, that trial is ongoing right now, and they are trying to get them niggas up to 20 years in prison for what they did. As they should. Somehow that is correct. But again, this is a what the fuck, not only because, oh my God, Donald Trump, what the fuck, but America, you still support this man. And I'm talking to you kickbackers because some of y'all do too. What the fuck? What are we doing? When, when did it become okay to elect idiots? Like, what, like, what are we doing? It was mind blowing to me. I know, uh, would, you, would you fuck a woman that voted for Trump? No. Okay, so I know you wouldn't date her if you wouldn't fuck her, but you wouldn't even fuck her. No. Okay, I, I, I respect it. I, I was, I'd be worried about. I'd be worried about what that bitch would say. I I did after we were we were done. Like oh. all of them. If 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 you believe if you believe that there is a Jewish cabal that is out here eating babies and shit, which is what QAnon believes, which is what Donald Trump believes. What are you gonna say after I leave your bedroom? <laughs> like, nah, nah, I'm good. I'm good. Well, JB just talked. One of y'all lost some dick. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think a few of them need to be run out of some dick. Like it's bad. Yeah, like this is it, it's stupid. Like it, it's it's stupid, and they are making us enemies, right? So mm-hmm. how can how can you treat somebody who basically has told you you are my enemy. How can how can you still treat them like a friend or even like an associate or a colleague or you, you really can't. You really can't. And, and yeah, I better disassociate myself from people in real life based on that. And the same thing goes in politics. Um, and speaking of shit that's stupid and that's dumb, 
It's time to get into uh, the other names. Say we, we had the Shut Up Stupid Award, <laughs> and it was named after two people. For one period of time, it was the Kanye West Shut Up Stupid Award. Indeed. For another period of time, it was the Donald Trump Shut Up Stupid Award. Then it became the Don't Be Dumb Award, and I'll let you guess who's getting that award after this. <laughs> so dumb. You are really dumb. For real. Kanye West. Goddamn right. You are dumb. You are so dumb. For real. Um, did a fashion show in Paris a few days ago um, where he hooked up with Candace Owens and they sported their matching White Lives Matter shirts with Juan Pablo II on the front, Pope John Paul II on the front. And people have been trying to make excuses for this. People have been trying to justify it. And quite frankly, I'm sick of you Kanye West supporters. I'm sick of you Kanye West apologists. I'm sick of you Kanye West sympathizers. Okay. He is a black man. He was a rapper slash producer or is. And apparently he's a billionaire. I, I get it. Um, I don't know what his effect is on you, though. I don't like his music. I don't like his clothes. I don't like his shoes. I don't even get it. I don't even get it. But okay, y'all love that shit. Okay, whatever. How do you explain this? Slavery was a choice. Uh, I had someone try to explain that to me. Well, you know what he really meant? I don't know what the fuck he said. I can't go and, and, die, and, and dissect what he may have meant to try to make it uh, more amenable to people like me who, who disagree with it. And wearing a White Lives Matter outfit or shirt and having that be your design, that, that's done for attention. But for whose attention? Because mm-hmm. I don't think he's catering to black people. I don't think he's Absolutely catering to hip hop. He's catering to them white people. It, I've never seen anyone want to be accepted by white people so badly. They, they're not letting me remember the, the sway. You don't have the answer, sway. He wanted. He was mad because they wouldn't accept him in the fashion world. He was mad that rappers wouldn't accept him in rap music or uh, they wouldn't accept him in Rockefeller. I've never seen someone so insecure that that yearned to be accepted everywhere they go. Um, when he didn't win the awards, a Grammy award or whatever, he cussed everybody out and went off backstage and Kanye, calm down. There's never been someone who was so desperate for acceptance, begging for acceptance, and you fucking idiots love it. They're online talking about, um, uh, who did they say? Uh, y'all don't even know who Juan Pablo is. On the front of the street, I picture of Juan Pablo. Okay, so it's John, uh, John Paul II. What the fuck they got to do with White Lives Matter on the back? That is wearing like it's some secret code. Kanye is a fucking dick. And the, the front of the shirt in Spanish was uh, uh they will follow me. So you're saying white lives matter, they will follow me. Is that a, that that's the secret message? That's a dumb message. That's a message I'm not rocking with. That's the message saying basically my interpretation, I'll get the niggas in line. And Kanye don't speak for black people. Kanye don't speak for me. He don't speak for JB. He don't speak for the kickbackers. He has no power. He's at most a figurehead. Well, um, he 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 doesn't. He's like Lady Eloise. Well, yeah, he doesn't speak for me. He doesn't speak for you. He doesn't speak for black people to black people. But he certainly speaks for black people to those on the right who want to listen to a black person who's going to say things that they want. Um, I put I put Kanye West, Clarence Thomas, 
and Herschel Walker all in the same goddamn boat. And then I drop a stick of dynamite in it, in the middle of it. So a hole is blown in the middle of it and it can sink to the bottom of the sea and it can drown forever. Because um, these are people who don't understand the implications of what it is that they are actually doing. Because when idiot black people like that stand up and say this stupid shit for black people, they don't actually really sway so many black people as they do sway white people who are kind of on the fence about whether or not the Republican Party is racist, whether or not the right wing is racist, because those people are then allowed to stand up and say, oh, they can't be racist. Look, they got a black spokesperson. And then they got a they got a black judge on the Supreme Court and they got a, another nigger running for Senate, you know, in mm-hmm. Georgia. How can they be racist? Well, they can be racist because black people can also be racist. These are basically your who is the dude? Ruckus from Uncle our Ruckus, favorite show. The Bowling Dogs, yeah. Yeah. These are these are your these are your ruckuses. And you know, I'm sorry, but it's not it's not that hard to make money. Like you don't need to become an uncle Tom to get rich. Right. You don't Jay Z Jay Z showed us that and painted the picture and made it bright and brilliant for us. You don't need to suck up to white people or feed into this conservative agenda to make inroads into that society. All you got to do is be yourself and be real. And then the real people, regardless of their color will support you. You know, this whole conservative movement is built atop lies and deception and misdirection. And Kanye West is a huge cog in that engine, a huge cog in that engine. He wants acceptance more than he wants money. He got the money so that he can be accepted. He wants acceptance. He wants to be at the cool kid table by whatever definition he defines cool kid as, whether it's Rockefeller or on a rap label, or whether it's uh, Nike and Adidas with shoes, whether it's at the Gap, or whether it's in a political party. He wants to be accepted with the cool kids. That's why I say you got to be careful inviting these bammers around the cool kids. Like, it's a, I'm telling you, though, like, people always go, I'm like, no, you got to be very careful. That's why I'm like, I ain't fucking with bammers. I don't fuck with lame-ass niggas. Like, I'm not doing it. Because as bad as you want to be at the cool table, as hard as you're going to be there is as hard as you're going to get to whatever you can deem the next table, which means you'll sit on whoever you got to sit on to get to whatever the next table is in your mind. And I think that's all Kanye's doing. Mm -hmm. He is trying to get to the coolest of the cool tables and he's doing a step-by-step. All right, it's with the nigga rappers. All right, well, it's with the fashion designers. Okay, but now it's with the politicians. And he's just doing whatever it takes to appease them. He's not trying to earn his way in. He ain't trying to uh, deserve his way in. He's trying to Tom his way in. He's mm-hmm. trying to ass kiss his way in. And people like that, you got to be very, very, very careful of, man. Mm-hmm. I don't fuck with Kanye. I haven't fucked with Kanye since he said George Bush don't care about black people. And a matter of fact, this is how I feel. Kanye West, now I got to do it like he did on, um, on the, the telethon. Kanye West doesn't care about black people. He, he sent him down to, to shoot us because they're looting and trying to buy bread for our family. That's Kanye West. Fuck that nigga. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty horrible. Um, you know, him jumping out there like that. 
like that, number one. And and number two, just um just the just the overall sadness of his existence. Like it's just become mm. like this sideshow, this like mi- literally like this minstrel show right mm. now that we're looking at. Like it's the shit with his with Kim and the kids. Yeah, like like it's just disgusting to look at. Like um, this is, I mean. You know, we we talk a lot about mental health and how mental health is an epidemic in the United States. Um, But again, when you start raising statistics about mental health and how mental health is a problem in the United States, a lot of people like to believe that it's just poor, poor people or it's just black people or it's just people who got COVID or it's just people who were isolated in the house or whatever. That No, no, that, that's not how epidemics are born. Epidemics are born when they affect everybody, all of us. And what you have to do when you look at people like Kanye West is you have to ask yourself, is this man crazy? When you look at people like Donald Trump, you have to ask yourself, like you literally need to ask it like, is this man crazy? Not is this man stupid? Is this man off base? Is this man evil? Is this person crazy? Does well, this person well, no, need help? And, and, and I don't want to say, uh, I'll, I'll frame it this way, mentally ill, because we know he, he suffers from bipolar disorder and a few other things. So we know he's not mentally stable. Um, but I don't want to say anybody else that suffers from any of those things, like they're crazy. Um, but Kanye definitely is mentally unhealthy, mentally unstable, and it's all medication. So there is no question about his mental health, it's it's not. He is not mentally healthy. We yeah, know this. Yeah, medically, it's... clinically, we know this. And um, I also want to add just to the end of that, um, with this Kanye shit. You gotta, you gotta stop ignoring the signs because you like a song. You gotta stop ignoring the signs because you like that's a my pair point. of shoes. Thank you for putting it that way. That's my point. Yeah, we, yeah, yeah, we gotta stop. We gotta stop because then the question isn't how crazy is Kanye. The question then becomes how crazy are you? Thank you, thank you. I knew I was gonna sum that up for you. I, I, I couldn't have said, couldn't have, <laughs> couldn't. Have, thank you, thank you. <laughs> and, um, and moving on to our Nipsey Hustle Award. If it's sports, if it's fashion, if it's music, um, if it's hustling, whatever, you just on a mar- you on a marathon, you know. So, and somebody who's definitely been on that marathon is Kodak Black. He, uh, there were I believe sixty three families, if I'm not mistaken, that were going to be evicted, and he went and paid their rent through I believe twenty twenty four. It was twenty twenty three. Twenty twenty three. Well, well, shit, that's, that's a few months from now, but that's still a beautiful gesture. Well, through twenty twenty. Oh, through okay. <laughs> That's what I was trying to say. That's like next Wednesday or this Wednesday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so Kodak Black, um, you know, he 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 basically he basically he basically paid he basically paid rent for these uh, twenty eight families. It wound up being a total of r- roughly sixty people who were going okay. to be evicted from their you know from their you know residences or whatever, and he just. He just knocked out their rent for the remainder of this year and for all of next year. 
I mean, that's just yeah, that's dude. just huge. Yeah, goddamn, we gotta get this man a round of applause. Mm-hmm. So, as soon as soon as I find it, <laughs> soon okay, as I find I'm gonna clap well. for that nigga without the sound effects. Because I mean, you know, yeah. I mean, you talk about you talk about putting your mo- motherfucking money where your fucking mouth is, and and that's just that's just what that is, right? You 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 know, you got assholes like. Um, Herschel Walker saying, oh yeah, I help all kinds of people all the time and they don't have a record of a single fucking donation for any any charitable organization anywhere in America. But then you got people like Kodak Black who fuck the organizations, fuck the charities. Let's help people. Let's help our people. And that's what he did. You got to tip your hat to motherfuckers. You got to. You got to. Definitely Mm -hmm. appreciate you, Kodak. And Kodak has said some wild shit. He's not anything against black people, but he's had what I call Kanye moments. Just saying some stupid shit. Not, nothing about Trump or nothing in that vein, but just dumb shit. And to see him um, fuck what he said, well, let's watch what he did. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I just appreciate that. Yeah, that, that's a good way of looking at it. And great way of looking at it. And speaking of watch what he did, let's talk about some good shit that you guys can watch. Netflix and chill. What does that even mean? It means that you cut on your TV, go to your favorite app or favorite channel, and you watch something good. That's what Netflix and chill means. And the biggest thing that I can recommend to you guys this week on Netflix and chill is Intergalactic mm-hmm. by Kid Cudi and Kanye. Um, Kenya Burris. Kenya Burris brought you Black Is, she brought you Girls Trip, she brought you Growing Is. Um, several uh, of the top Black sitcoms are Kenya Burris is responsible for. He also is now starting a podcast network for Black podcasters. And he executive produced Kid Cudi's um, cartoon movie, Intergalactic. And I'll just say this I saw it, I immediately hit JB, like, gotta watch it. You got to get in the right state of mind. <laughs> get in the right state of mind if you catch my drift. Exactly. Put something in the air and then watch it. It is a, I would say it is a hip hop urban love story with uh, a cartoon, mind you, with many twists and turns with the underlying theme of I like being high. How would you describe it, it was a, it was like a, it was like a, it was like a moving painting for me. Um, mm. It was, it was a, it was a painting emotion. It was an entertainment experience. Um, every time I got caught up, you know, with the characters and what was going on with between the two characters, then they would go and do something, and it would just. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, again, it's a cartoon, so this is all digital, but I will say that the cinematography and the photography in this cartoon was just astoundingly beautiful. Like it was, yeah. it was just beautiful to watch, you know, mm-hmm. um, aside from the fact that, like you said, it's a black love story, which, you know, you can't, you can't get too many of those on television, you know, to mm-hmm. see, to see our people success successful, stable, doing their thing, loving it out, living it out, you know, enjoying life and to have a nice movie that doesn't deal with gangs or murder or slavery or oppression Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. or, you know, any of that stuff to just have regular black people doing regular shit and to make it beautiful and entertaining. I, 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 
I loved it. I loved it. Yeah, man. It just, it really, um, and the replay value on this, I think is extremely high. I think I'm going to watch this, you know, like, I. it isn't a total weed movie, but it is to a degree. I think I could watch this like Snoop and Devin. Oh, yeah, I mean, Mac I and watch Devin. This oh, yeah, this is, Mac a and Mac, Devin. this is a Mac and Devin yeah, movie, I can watch for this sure. Shit weekly, Mac and Devin movie. You know, whatever, sure. the crew come over, the ladies come over, or whatever the hell, oh, we got to watch this. Go one in the air and watch it and just strip out because they have what we start calling high moments or high scenes where, like, this scene was designed for somebody that's high. Like, this wasn't a regular scene. This was mm-hmm. a part of the, just a part of a story. They said, let's put this in for the high niggas. Mm-hmm. When they, you know, when they um, do extracurricular activities, when they, uh, you know, the scenes where they, I don't want to ruin it for you, but there are high scenes. There are scenes where you watch and you're like, somebody was high when they made this, and I need to be high when I watch this. Because this is solely for a high person. Yeah, it's one, colors it's one of the shit. Yeah, if you're not high when you're watching it, there are going to be moments when you watch it and you're going to be like, I wish I was high when I yep. was watching. You're going to yep. li- like literally say, even if you're not a smoker, you're going to be like, this would have probably been like, this probably would have blew my mind if I right, was high. Right, right, right. <laughs> you know, just, just absolutely gorgeous. Um, <clears throat> another one that um, dropped recently, new that I just caught because we're on Netflix now. I don't want to mm-hmm. move to other platforms in a second, but America the Motion Picture. It's mm. also on Netflix. It's executive produced by Channing Tatum and a few others. It's got uh, Big Mike in it as one of okay. the one of the main stars, one of the voice actors. It's also a cartoon, but it's Big a, Mike or Killer Mike. Sorry, Killer Mike. Okay, because I, I, I fuck with both of them. But yeah, I was like, Big yeah, Mike. Nah, nah, I heard his name I got, in a minute. Yeah, <laughs> I got. I, I I mixed that up. It is Killer Mike, um, mm. but. Um, the beauty of this is it's a satirical story of how America was born. So mm. it's really, really mm. interesting. Okay. It's really, really interesting. It's called American. And this is a movie or a series? It's a movie. Okay. All right, America. Yeah, it's called America the Motion Picture. It it's highly entertaining. You're gonna love it. So is it fun? <coughs> it's it's hilarious. It's absolutely bet, hilarious. Bet. So another weed movie, got it? Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. This is de- it's definitely another movie where you're going to want to be elevated to truly enjoy the yeah. experience. Now, really quickly, are you watching She-Hulk? I started watching She-Hulk, but um, She-Hulk has a Mary Sue problem um, for me. Um, and it's the same problem. Those those of you nerds who know about Star Wars, the new Star Wars movies, and they had this chick who was in the Star Wars movies, and she didn't really have to work for her powers at all. She just all of a sudden was the most powerful Jedi who ever lived, and she never studied anything. She mm-hmm. she didn't train with anybody. Like all of a sudden, she's just like a superwoman, like. You know, She-Hulk, and I, I know I'm not giving a whole lot away here because it was in the first episode, but it really threw me off that much. Like, Bruce Banner, the Hulk, he's been the Hulk for like 30 years at this point. She's able to figure out everything it took him 30 years to figure out in their first training session. And that's not hyperbole. That is that is literally what happened, yeah. I was looking at this like, what? 
Like, that's not possible. I don't give a fuck how bad you are. You can't make up 30 years of training and study and self-exploration in two days. Like, what are we doing here? Like, it, it becomes a bad story to me. And honestly, it, it diminishes the level of the achievement. Because for me, achievement requires struggle. Right. So if everything is easy for you, particularly within the context of a show, then how am I supposed to resonate with that? How am I supposed to to vibe with that? You know what I'm saying? How am I supposed to associate with that character? That's what I struggle with. They, they give her uh, struggles more in the long term. Um, what up, Berg? I see you tuned in. Um, I, I did feel a way about that. I did. I was kind of like, huh? But they give her different struggles. It's a different kind of show. Um, and a, a lot of it is satirical, ironically. Um, they tried to give She-Hulk this satirical Ally McBeal feel. Yeah. But um, yeah. she has other struggles. She has more real person struggles. Like, who wants to date her versus who wants to date She-Hulk? One guy likes She-Hulk but don't like her. So it's, they gave her... Like, uh, what do they call it? Uh, rich people problems, which is different. It's definitely different. But whereas most Marvel characters that we've seen on the screen have, you know, third world problems, they gave her rich people problems. And I can see how that could be a turn off, but they, they still have the arc. You know what okay. I'm saying? Like, one of her biggest problems, which may seem very trivial, was somebody trademarked the name She-Hulk before she could. But it, it sends her through a spiral, but that's not a real, you know what I'm saying? That's not a, but what I've learned is, you know, like your blues ain't like mine. And what I've learned is, I, I, I'll take this back to when we was kids. I won't say the young lady's name, but it, well, C-Mile, I can say mm -hmm, C-Mile. Mm -hmm. Her parents took her credit card when he was like 17. And I was, and she was crying and very upset and emotional and couldn't really get calmed down. And I'm like, nigga. You, you know what I've been through? I, I found my mother's dead body. Like, you crying on my fucking credit? Like, what the fuck? This is weird. And then I went, you know what? I, I just gave me a book called Your Blues Ain't Like Mine. And I don't say that in a way where it's like, my blues are worse than yours. It's like, what you consider blues, I wouldn't consider blues. Um, And I think that's what She-Hulk thing is. Like, what... Marvel Universe is presented as blues. Uh, homegirl, Scarlet Witch, losing her, uh, losing the love of her life, trying to recreate a family, recreate. Those were blues to us. And we look at her blues as kind of like. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah that's 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 fair. That I mean, that that is that is fair. And, um, you know, it, I'm glad that you said that, because that is that that proposed that that shows a distinct difference between what has happened with other Mary Sue character. And that and that's actually a term. Y'all can look it up. Mary Sue, it, it, it applies to a character who is just given all of these powers and abilities and is able to surmount all of her obstacles like that. Um, but you're saying that she's not surmounting all of her obstacles like that. Her obstacles are just different than, yeah. you know, and, and that's fair. That's fair. Burger said, JB's still smoking them blacks. <laughs> always, 
always, brother. I keep I keep trying to quit, but I keep coming back, man. I can't, you know. I'm still smoking on two. I'm just I just smoking at a much lower clip than I used to. But you know, for the record, they here. Believe it or not, I've actually slowed down. <laughs> <laughs> All right, House of, House of the Dragons, JB. The last episode, I watched it one time and was totally confused. I had to call all of my uh, ubiquitous to listeners and had them break every part of it down. Um, but I'm caught up. I understand exactly where we are. And it's been a lot. There have been multiple time jumps that have thrown me off. You know, they most recently changed characters, changed actors for the most recent time jump. And I find... Like it takes me a while to learn a character's name because in these shows there's so many important characters, and they all have these crazy ass names. Yes, too. I don't know who was who. I'm like, yeah, Rhaenyra did this. I'm like, that guy, I hate that dude. No, no, that's that's, that's the princess. Oh shit, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, goddamn, like Aegon, something, something, something. I knew that bitch was lying. Aegon is the boy. Like, damn it! Um, but one of them, who the hell are they talking about? <laughs> um, but I, I I will fast forward if you haven't seen it. This is spoiler alert. Um, so you might fast forward three or four minutes ahead. Um, the uncle ultimately you've seen the most recent episode. I've seen, yeah. Okay, and you knew the story before this. So the uncle and 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 Rhaenyra's, um marrying. I expect it. they're like the proctors of DC. We know they're going the whole incest thing. We know what's going on. Shout out to all the proctors. I'm not mad at y'all. I'm just saying that y'all are the Targaryens of the DMV, respectfully. Um, so I saw that coming at some point. Um, her husband leaving, when he cut his hair and got in the boat, I didn't know who that was in the boat. So I missed that whole thing. Hold on, dude, leaving with some dude in the boat. Some boy he got. And then I realized that, no, that's the dreadhead nigga. Mm-hmm. That's the husband. That's the whatever. So he left. He's not te- technically dead, but I guess he faked his death because he wanted to live his best gay life out in the world and shit. And um, I see that uh, that can be a formidable too. Veneris and the uncle can be, a, that is a match. Like she she was kind of outmatched by the queen and a few others. Now she got a, a soldier with her. So I think that is, that's going to be key. I don't know the story, but I feel like that's a game changer. Um, the queen, I kept going back and forth between she's sweet, she's trying to be the good person, but but Rhaenyra's is shitting on her and, <laughs> and playing her and not telling her the truth. But like when Rhaenyra said, like, they see you now, I was there. She's on my news. She's like, New sees you now, bitch. New see you. He's no longer on your side. He see you. And yeah, I see her. Um, the kids were ultra aggressive, and I didn't quite understand it. But I think if it was all best summed up with homie like, yeah, I lost the eye, but I got a dragon. And I think that's going to propel the kid's story because he was the, the one that was bullied. He was the one that didn't have shit and the one that they all attacked. But he was also the one that had the balls to go get that and the foresight. Because I think the most important thing, well, bravery, of course, but he had the foresight. I want a dragon. I'm going to get a dragon. I'm sure they all were like, you should get because dra- am I right or wrong? The other kids don't have dragons either. Or do they? Does everybody no, have a dragon? Of, Bunny <clears throat> no, none of, the, none of them have dragons currently. Right. So he had the foresight to go get the dragon before anybody else could think to do it. And he was job winning the, all the fights. 
until uh you know dude pulled out the knife and, <laughs> you know, okay. yeah it was that one that one was a little wild um but i uh brooke said you the husband wanted to be out to sea being gay <laughs> hey, hey I, I ain't married on him man whatever floats your boat literally it's out to sea, floats your boat. I, see what I did there? See I what I did there? See what I did there? <laughs> yeah, I uh, I dug this one because I, I'm gonna be real with y'all. Like the first the first episodes struck me as being a little slow from a Game of Thrones kind of perspective, just because the plot wasn't moving fast enough. And I know that so much more is supposed to happen in this particular timeline. So now they've gotten kind of to the good part of what's going to yeah. happen because shit is going to get a whole lot crazier now that Rhaenyra and Damon are married, now that the queen and Rhaenyra are officially recognized as enemies, mm -hmm. like a whole lot of shit is going to change. Um, what's the king's name? The king's name is Viserys. Viserys? been dying since episode one that motherfucker died for like 80 years yeah he's starting to look like the crypt keeper now this yeah, motherfucker. yeah. like he, he he not looking he not looking so good um <clears throat> yeah he's gonna he's gonna die soon um it's gonna it's gonna cause uh, a, a fraction in the kingdom there's going to be a civil war it's going to be horrible um and it's going to basically ultimately lead to the downfall of the targaryen dynasty because one thing about dynasties that people don't really understand is that you know they look at it as like a single line like one father child father child or father daughter father daughter that's not how you build a dynasty because you can't mm -hmm. do that shit because you can't guarantee that each one of them kings is going to have uh, uh you know a son, a son or yeah. a daughter right so you need a dynasty to be a family a big ass family that's why old kings back and sultans and emperors back in the day used to have harems mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. because if one son dies, you got another one on deck to carry on the lineage. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, the dragon owners died. Um, it, it's based 200 years before the Game of Thrones. Right. That's why he formed one of the king and Murray's daughter. Exactly. Um, and I think that um, a lot of that has to do with, like, if you look at, I guess, having the family and everybody, you know, trying to, you know, what about this one? He should be next. What about this one? What about this nephew? What about this niece? What about the brother? The brother thought that he should be next in line. Uh, Damon thought he should be next. And, you know, it's all the game of thrones. I can't be next. My brother ain't fucking with me right now. He's woken me back in, but he ain't really fucking with me. But if I'm marrying my niece. I'm in there. I'm in there. Cause she's the heir. Like she's the heir, and I'm the heir. You know the heir's prince dick. consort. Yep. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah, the, she didn't call him the prince consort. Yeah, but um, you said. I mean, that's what it is, though. Yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, it's, you know what I'm Queen's dick. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's what it is. <laughs> um, I was gonna name this episode. Uh, Kanye West says to care about black people. I might name this the Queen's dick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm leaving conspicuous consumption. Really? If you have it, flaunt it. Really? Flaunt it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's 
it's get it's get more fun though and it's gonna get it's it's gonna get more exciting in the subsequent episodes so you know stay tuned man it's gonna be it's gonna be better um I could have said she's not the end no more Aegon is did something happen or Argon it not yet. No, she's, she's still, still she's still she is still she is still the heir. She is still the heir. Now, um that is going to be a matter of contention. Um mm-hmm. and I actually think it's one of the really really nice reoccurring themes that they keep bringing up over and over again on the show on how you know, this society is so caught up in its male toxicity that just the fact, just just the inclination that a woman might take power is enough to start a war, right? Like just the inclination of it is enough to start a war. Y'all, what's, what's the black people called? Hmm? The black family? The Valerians. Are they, they're not the grays? No, they're the they, Valerians. The hair is gray. Yeah, the Valerians. Um, they 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 woofing, they beefing about it. And um, everybody uh, is shorty, the queen's father. Um, what are they? The queen's father, they're the, they're the um, oh, the high towers. Who the no, fuck is the, the Lannisters? High towers. The, the Lannisters are not an important part of this show at all. The Lannisters have nothing to do with, with what's going on right now. The Lannisters are an important house in this world. The same yeah, way the yeah. Starks are, but they are not a part of what's going on in the inner circle. Have they mentioned the Starks yet? They, we had one Stark that we saw, and I believe it was episode two when he na- when when Viserys named Rhaenyra his heir. Um, Rickon Stark, who is the head of House Stark at this particular time, swore fealty to her as the princess heir. And that's the only Stark that we have met in this entire season so far. But Berger, I think you're two episodes behind, man. You, you still talking about this old shit, shit and change. Like they overlooked the king's sister and so is him. The king's sister? We ain't talking about the king's sister. The, 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 uh, the princess. Princess is the heir. Yeah, Renera Targaryen is now the heir to the Iron yeah. Throne. Virgo on episode two, like y'all niggas ain't the nigga on episode five. Yeah, we're actually on episode seven. Yeah, we're on episode seven, bro. Catch up, damn it. <laughs> the whole holding up the podcast. He said, he, he said, said he, I'm he, he, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and if you want to participate and watch us live, you can do so on YouTube. Uh, Wednesdays at 7.30. And then, um, of course, when we do other episodes, Kickback Sports, Kickback Conversations. Well, I got a kickback after Doc coming up tonight. I wasn't going to go live, but I think I am. I think I am. I'm going to let y'all watch Kickback After Doc. We're we talking about everything. I'm telling you. Uh, sex stories. It's going to be a conversation. <laughs> and it's with a beautiful young lady who's an excellent businesswoman. So this isn't just, I didn't go grab, you know, Joe Blow or, or uh, Tina Bina. <laughs> I grabbed somebody who's, who's very Who's successful yeah. in business that also says, hey, yeah, I, I do this in business. But when I'm not doing business, I still handle my business. So y'all love that shit. Um, and that's coming up in probably about another half hour. So we about to wrap this thing up. Um, but I can't say who it is, bro. I can't say who it is. <laughs> Not yet. But uh, I, I tell you what, if it was Malika, 
you would have known. I'll put it that way. And, and, and no, she's a fine and she know her sports. And, you know we had Carrie Champion on the show before, but Malika. I don't want to disrespect this. I ain't going to say what I was about to say. I'll just say that I appreciate her mind, body, and soul. That was a good way to put it, right? That's the best way to put it. Boom. Boom. Um, so House of, House of the Dragons, I'm loving. Um, I am almost enjoying this as much as uh, Game of Thrones. Mm. Mm. Um, it is still my most look forward to show of the week. Um, but it isn't, it isn't quite there, but it doesn't have to be. Mm-hmm. This isn't a, oh, I don't think I like it in as good as the album. I'm not, it's no, nothing negative. It's just as of right now, I, I'm not enjoying it as much, but I am enjoying it so much. So I don't want that to be, I'm not doing a comparison. It's saying as good as, I mean, I don't think it is, but I'm loving it, so it don't matter. Well, I mean, and to be fair, you know, you compare and you compare and eight years of history to, you know, two months of it, you know, it's not, right, right. it's not a fair, mm-hmm. it's not a fair baseline. Um, what mm-hmm. I, you know, for me personally, I feel like this as a first season in what could be another dynasty for HBO, I feel like this offering needs to pick up pick up the pace a little bit. And Um, I think I think they're trying to establish this foundation. mm -hmm. And that's why they're doing the time subs. Mm -hmm. I feel like season one is they think they have enough trust with the audience, which I think they do, that they can give you the foundation, do these huge time jumps. And by the last episode of season one, going into season two, that's when the shit starts. Yeah. Um, so uh, I'm going to comment on, on what Berger just said, because he said, I want to see how it's going to intervene with Game of Thrones. You've actually already seen that. You've already seen that in two places. One, the knife, literally the knife, the knife that cut Rhaenyra Targaryen, the knife that Viserys Targaryen carries around. That is the knife from the Game of Thrones, the knife mm-hmm. that they used to try and kill Brandon Starks, and they said it was Tyrion Lannister's and blah, 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 mm-hmm. the Valerian steel. That mm-hmm. is the same knife. Wow. It is the exact same knife. And he, he states specifically why he carries Valerian steel on his person. Yeah, because of the future. Was gonna exactly. In the future. He ties it directly to the Game of Thrones. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> So, I yeah. got you. I got you, Bernie. <laughs> get you up to speed, brother. We get you up to speed. And, and a lot of this, I didn't read any of the books. I didn't know anything about it until like season five of Game of Thrones when I started watching. So I was totally out of the loop. But I have a plethora of nerds with attitude and gangster geeks around me <laughs> that I can, hey, hey, what the hell does this mean right here? Hey, 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 what's hey, what's going on right here? I mean, I done gone back to the people that I ain't spoke to in years. Like, hey, man, explain this. What happened on this episode? And you, you know what I'm talking about. I, I know exactly yeah. who you're talking so about. Like, so what happened again? But Shannon, <laughs> to answer your question, the reason why I remember all of this is because I'm a fucking nerd. <laughs> I study this shit like a lot, <laughs> like a lot, a lot, a lot. Like I watched, I watched probably twice as much TV before House of the Dragon, preparing for the House of the Dragon 
than I did mm-hmm. watch the House of the Dragon. YouTube by the, videos. Yeah, by the way, there are a ton of YouTube videos out there, and they're actually narrated by the original Game of Thrones staff. I mean, the original Game of Thrones cast. They are produced by HBO. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you, uh, I, I understand now that the term nerd has changed, and it doesn't mean what it meant when we were growing up. A nerd is someone who obsesses over something and studies it. So I would be a nerd for sports. I would be a nerd for sex. I would be a nerd for music. So whatever you deep dive into, I'm a nerd for black people. The 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 the, uh, the advancement of the black race. I'm a nerd for that. And um, I never consider myself a nerd. I've never been called a nerd. But now I understand. In 2022, I'm a nerd for a lot of shit. Yeah, I'm a uh, nerd for uh, romantic comedies. You know, whatever. The, you know, nah. I mean, real nigga shit because you are you are intimately knowledgeable of a lot of, uh, p- particularly on sports and hip hop and music that I am not, which is you know how we're able to complement each other so well on particularly on this podcast because we can cover a broad range of topics and have expertise on all of them. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, you know, Burger, just to answer your question, they are all on YouTube. If you just put in <laughs> Game of Thrones, History of the Targaryens, you will find them. <laughs> you call me Oedipus Rex ass nigga. But that's because when we was in Playmakers, I went and, and Melissa told us Oedipus Rex. I went back to the hood and was like, I got to tell you this story. It's, it's Oedipus Rex. It's a, it's a Greek tragedy. And, and Burger was like, Nigga, are you telling us some Greek story? Nigga, were you in college today? Why the fuck are you telling us about some old, like, nigga, we, we up telling, we on 4th and Delafield right now, and you coming into the middle of the room and talking to us about some goddamn Shakespeare shit. Do we look like we want to hear some Shakespeare shit? But, but I tell you what, Berger typed his name, spelled it right, and he remembered the story. Yeah, he didn't type. He didn't spell it correctly, but oh um, well, yeah. But, yeah, yeah. But, but, but my point is, he knew he, he knew who Adamus Rex is. He, he knew he, it, right? He, he knew who the hell. He, he knew the story. Yeah, that's was one of the greatest. Eleven, of I was all time. 10, 11 years old, coming back to to the OGs. Like, I got to tell y'all nigga something. Let me tell y'all nigga about this this Shakespeare play. And I'm like, is this nigga really talking to us about a Shakespeare play? <laughs> Yeah, keep them in the house. Yeah, don't, don't let them come outside today. It's a great play. I mean, technically, it was written by Aeschylus, uh, one of the first Greek. Never mind. I thought that was that's a Shakespeare play. No, it is not. Google it. Somebody Google Oedipus Rex and no, who it wrote is, it. No, it is not. Google Oedip- it. Google, Oedip- it. Google it. Just Google it. Oedipus I, I could be wrong. Uh, I, like and I would probably be wrong because you are the gangster geek. So if you say it's not, then <laughs> nine times out of ten, you're right. But I always thought it was Shakespeare. Mm, no, it's much, much older than that. Much, much older than that. Shakespeare was famous uh, Why for do I think that's Shakespeare? Uh, not sure. I don't know. So I, I, I would agree with JB. Uh, um, yeah. So I'm not a nerd for Shakespeare. I'm a nerd for Tupac. See, see, how, see how that works? I ain't know. I ain't know. I ain't know. I ain't know. We're about to get into um actually, yeah, it was a play written by Sophocles. I got the name wrong. Sophocles written at first performance in 429 BC. God damn. Yeah, that's a little before. Oh, ancient Greek. Yeah, that's a little before. Yeah, Shakespeare, Shakespeare was an ancient Greek. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I say I said I, you know, I leave, leave to you. 
Um, yeah, Shakespeare. Yeah, Elizabethan. So we're gonna get into. I know why Shannon here. Sh- Did she spell it right? Mm-hmm. Oh, look, look at Lord Sober. <laughs> okay. Um, we're gonna get into the topic. This is why she here. She want to talk about this. She want to uh, chime in on this. And this is our this or that segment of the week. And I got to vote it down because you two try to sue us whenever we play it. So, uh, this or that this week was based on a video that I saw today. Um, and I, I saw it, and I, and I, I don't want to go too much in detail on the video, but it was talking about loving someone through their healing. And the challenges that comes with loving someone through their healing. Excuse me. And by healing, I mean getting over past traumas. And they may not be over those traumas, so they may react to you in a PTSD way, in a way where you experience their traumas. And he was saying, I'm going to love you through it, through it all. And, you know, no judgment. I'm going to be here and I'm going to navigate that as best I can because I want you to know what forever feels like. So I ain't going away. We're going to figure it out. You're not going to scare me off. I thought that was a beautiful notion. I also thought that that could be toxic. And without further um, elaboration on that, I'll just ask the question to, to you kickbackers, to you, JB, and to myself. Um, we all know we can love someone after they've healed. My question is, is that the only way you can love someone? So the this or that is, could you love someone through their healing? Or is it a matter of I can only love someone after they have healed? So could you love them through their healing, knowing, you know, what that entails? Or is it a matter of, no, I can only love someone after they've healed. Come to me healed. Um, did I word that right, Jimmy? Yeah, you, def- you definitely did. Um, and allow me to answer first, um, because um, I... I I want to say that I could love someone through their healing, um, but I don't know that my past history has proven that out, quite frankly. Um, okay. And I'm just being totally and completely honest, you know, because, I mean, you fall in love with someone, you get in a committed relationship, and... Um, you know, things change, problems arise, things happen. Um, And there are going to be moments of trauma. There are going to be moments that are traumatic that cause friction in the relationship. Because one of the things that we have to learn about ourselves is that when we are stressed, when we are in trouble, when we are hurting, the first thing we do, and I don't believe that it is always done intentionally, (laughs) I don't believe that it is always done intentionally, but one of the first things that happens when that trauma happens is we don't turn to our partner. We actually turn on our partner. Mm. And 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 that is where the problems start. And as you are battling through that trauma, you always find yourself asking a question. Is this too much? Is this too much for me to take? Um, And so 
you know, there are going to be two key factors, in my opinion, right now that keep me in that situation. Number one um, is is accountability is accountability, uh, you know, going both ways is accountability going both ways in terms of dealing with whatever that trauma is. Because yes, being in trauma, being under stress, having problems can cause you to do painful and sometimes even abusive things to your partner. The question is, do you love that partner in the midst of your crisis such that you can be accountable for their feelings, right? Because we all react emotionally, right? We all kirk the fuck out. We all curse and cuss and fuss and, you know, want to break shit sometimes. But if that partner turns around to you and says, look, I'm not the one you're mad at. I'm, I got you. I'm here with you. Let's talk about this. For me, the decision point becomes, how does the person who is traumatized react to that? Because that's supposed to be the signal. You yelling at the wrong motherfucker right now. You cussing at the wrong motherfucker right now. You are not mad at me, <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. So why are you expressing this anger at me? Expressing anger to me is one thing. Expressing anger at me is mm -hmm. another thing, right? And that's that's where that's where it becomes that that's where it becomes a decision point because self-preservation always has to be the arguably the most important component of love you know the adage always goes out you can't love somebody else unless you love yourself people right. always say that always say that always say that but they don't really articulate what that means that means you have to love yourself enough to stand up to your partner number one when they go down that road and if it becomes abusive, then you have to make a self-preservative decision at some you, point. You gotta that love yourself has to enough happen. To leave. You got to love yourself enough to leave. And um, I do want to say that when I initially heard it, I don't want to play it because I don't want to sway everybody because it was such beautifully worded that everybody may not. Somebody's calling Mm -hmm. That was weird. Oh, people act like they don't know the podcast switch to goddamn Wednesday. <laughs> I don't understand what's going on. But um, when I heard it, I looked at it like um, this is beautiful. And then I was like, wait, mm -hmm. this could be toxic. Mm -hmm. This mm -hmm. could be toxic. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I looked at that as um based. And I, I basically, you may basically differently, but I basically on who you're dealing with. Because I, I've, I've literally been in situations where I'm going to love you. Like JB song, I'm going to love you through it all. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. Oh, my God. I forgot that court wasn't that long. Court used to be longer than that. Yeah, like, uh, I can love you through it all. Um, if the ultimate reward is you know, the relationship, the love. You can be there for somebody. You can play that role that was loving them through their healing and they just take advantage of you throughout that process. So that can, that's one thing. 
Um, I do think that loving somebody through the healing, I, I, I've loved many people through the healing. And I've been loved by many people through my healing. So it is a noble concept. It is a concept that makes sense to me. It is a concept that I champion, to be quite honest, because that's how I treat people I love. You, you, you're going through a healing space. You can get mad at me. You can yell. You can uh, be difficult. You can be distant. I'm going to love you through all of that. And I, I think I've shown that. But there is an example where that can be taken advantage of. And what had got my mind going was like, uh, when, it's, when love is quote-unquote unconditional, in those situations, it can be taken advantage of. And that made me kind of like pause, like, oh, I, I like what he's saying. I like, I like this concept. And I, and I am a, uh, I'm a, uh, I, don't take this the wrong way, anybody. But I'm a, I look at myself as a, as a Jesus figure, meaning that I go to the downtrodden. I go to the people that have the worst circumstances. I root for the underdogs. I, I let, you know, you know, people that, are in the best light in their lives all the time. Kick it, because I feel like I can help. I feel like my love, my advice, my coaching, my counseling is going, going to be of a benefit. And sometimes, you know, people use your desire to help as a way to get something they want from you. And it's not a reciprocal relationship. They're just going... Oh, you know, I don't know. This is something very frivolous. Oh, this nigga got a podcast and he trying to help me some, some, some. Yeah, I'm gonna use him for the podcast. And so they'll people will be good to you so they can use you. Mm -hmm. And that is something that I never fully accepted. That people will be good to you. People will be what appears to be sincere and earnest to you because they know you around all the pretty girls. And they want to be around the pretty girls. So they're going to do whatever they can to prove to you that they are they're with you so that they can hang with you and the pretty girls. Um, and that, that's not a romantic relationship, of course. But then women will do, you know, maybe they just want to have sex. Maybe they want to, they have fun with you every Friday. They don't want to lose their Friday. So they'll show you what appears to be real. And it ain't. So when you go, I'm going to love you no matter what. You could have a bad mood. You could be distant. You could do this. You could do that. I see an opportunity, an area of opportunity where you could be taken advantage of. Um, it hasn't changed who I am. It hasn't changed how I move. But it made me question uh, parameters, boundaries, which I've talked about a lot on this podcast. Um, it makes you question your boundaries you set. And I think it makes you um, look at Look at everything with the discerning eye. But could I love someone through their healing? I've done it. I continue to do it. I will do it. I don't have an issue with it. But I know I don't want to put that out blatantly without saying sometimes you got to watch yourself. I want to give that caveat. And uh, of course, I can love someone after their healing. I don't have a preference. I'm going to love. I'm, I'm big on love. I'm going to love regardless. But I'm not going to be stupid. Well, and you know, I'm glad you said that because you know, you, you talked about specifically loving through through the through the healing, right? Um, in order to heal, you have to make yourself accountable. Um, 
if if I cut if I cut my arm right, um, and I don't get the sit the shit stitched up, if I don't change my bandages, guess what? This shit is going to get affected, infected, and I'm going to lose my arm. Why? Because I didn't take care of my arm, right? Um, if I'm in an emotional crisis and I'm dealing with some stuff, you know, if I don't maintain accountability to my friends and to my loved ones for my actions, then I'm not really trying to heal. And that's the difference, right? So, you know, there's loving someone through their healing as long as they're healing. But if they're no longer healing, then they're using you because they're not even trying to heal, right? And and I think that's that, you know, that's an important distinction. What the hell song we're talking about? She said, um, and being able to love someone through their healing comes with understanding that although you're yelling at me, you're not angry with me. So I'll let you express yourself the way you need to. See, now I need a woman like that in my life because I, my voice, one of my voice deep as hell, raspy as hell, and then I'm loud as hell. I'm like, you're yelling at me. I'm like, I'm talking. What the fuck are you talking about? I'm not yelling. I'm talking, mama. Um, still meet you where you are, where you are without making it about me. That's deep. And nothing is worse than losing someone willing to genuinely love you through their healing and not for their gain. I've, I don't know if I've gone through that. Where I lost someone that was truly willing to love me through my healing and not for gain, I guess, for something I did, I guess. Well, no, I, well, I guess cheating, that might count. But I was, I don't know about that one. Um, let's see. Exactly. If they're using you, they are actively healing. I agree with that. Mm -hmm. I agree with that one. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean that that's the that's the big point, and 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 that's where it becomes a matter of self preservation. I'm not I'm not just gonna let you dog me out so you can maintain your addiction, your 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 self delusion, your whatever the fuck it is. I didn't you know? know how to do that. I didn't know how to put the comments up. I just did that by accident. Yeah, you you hit the button again. Hit it again. Now show. Now click it, and it'll show. Well, yeah, yeah, I just didn't know how to do it. Oh, okay. <laughs> there um, you go. Because whenever we do, um, I get on Smee's live. Mm -hmm. He always does that. Mm -hmm. Puts the comments up, and I ain't even know how to do that shit. And I just happened to be pushing buttons, and was like, "Oh shit, it's on the screen." Same page, Songbird. We on the same page. <laughs> same page, exactly, exactly. So I think that where we are with. Uh, I think we all believe we can love someone through their healing as long as they continue healing. Sums it up? Yeah, yeah. That's a good way to sum it up. All right. Well, let's get into um, some music and see what, uh, what's out right now that people can listen to. JB, you can like this one. You got your headphones right now. This is a fantastic album, man. Let me borrow it. No, my brother. You got to buy your own. No, my brother. Yeah. Oh, my God. How many times did we say that shit in high school? <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's the greatest commercials in the history. I'm play it one more time for y'all. If you're old enough to remember this damn commercial. Oh. This is a fantastic album, man. Let me borrow it. No, my brother. You got to buy your own. <laughs> so... Um, new music that's out. Of course, you can always listen to the Freddie Gibbs, I mean, excuse me, the Apollo Name Kickback playlist on Apple Music that is updated every single Friday. 
I'm gonna tell you, Freddie Gibbs has a masterful album out. Um, it's just good. Freddie Gibbs gets on my nerves sometimes with all his other antics. The album is fucking good, man. Mm. I'm gonna keep it a hundred. Um, Division has a new single, which is featuring Jagged Edge, and y'all know I love Jagged Edge because they say I look like the twins in Jagged Edge. <laughs> so actually, I'm on the song. It's me and my 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 triplet brothers from Jagged Edge. We are on Division's new single. Y'all go check that shit out. Um, depending on where you are in your traumas, Tory Lanez has a new album out. It's pretty good. It's decent. It's worth a listen. Um, I stopped listening to him because I the story that he shot Megan the Stallion and yeah, and it just yeah. turned me off. Right. But then the more facts come out, conjecture comes out that we actually get. It seems like maybe he didn't. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't want to say he didn't because I don't want to shit on a black woman because we don't know what happened. Mm-hmm. But right now, with the information that's been released, I am on the fence. Mm-hmm. So I did listen to a couple of the songs. Okay. And it sounded decent. I have not heard YG's new album. He has an entire whole album out. I haven't heard it yet, but it's out. And um, I'm going to be uh, adding some of the newer songs from all of those artists to the pod, to the playlist on this Friday. I was a little late. I, I was on. I, I needed a mental health week. I've been just doing this, but I will go back and add some of these songs. Um, and as as we get up out of here, JB, um, our Cowboys. My, when my Cowboys play your Commanders, um, what was your biggest takeaway from that game and the NFC East? Um, <clears throat> the NFC East is playing really well right now in general, but the, the commanders are not, um, it, it just, it just is what it is. Like, um, you know, the, the defense is suspect right now. Um, I, I still have a lot of worries about their offensive line right now. Um, you know, they got some, they got some work to do. Simply put, simply put, I don't know, I don't know that whoever comes out of the East division is going to go very far in the playoffs right now, considering some of the other competition that we see in the NFC right now, uh, because there are a few teams, you know, a, a couple of teams in the NFC who are playing um, really well. And the, Vikings, you know, mm-hmm. the, the, the Packers are playing Packers, pretty well right now. The Bucks are decent. Mm-hmm. The Rams are decent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But they they're just all more talented teams than teams we're looking at um in the sure. <sighs> sure. You seen the Eagles? Yeah, I mean the, the Eagles are doing, undefeated team in the, yeah, in the league. Yeah, yeah. They're doing they're they're doing big things right now, but I just don't believe it yet, you know. Yeah, I I, I don't I'm believe you. I, I don't see believe it yet. To the Cowboys. Yeah. I want to see if they beat our ass or if it's a close game or if we win. So I'm with you on that. I, I I can't give it to them yet. I can't give them the division or the NFC. Um, you see me and Jeremy talking about it mm-hmm, earlier. Mm-hmm. The Cowboys, we have a lot of injuries, including our quarterback. Mm-hmm. We're three and one, second best record in the entire NFL. Um, I'm not hitching my wagon to to my team either um, because. The defense travels. Defense travels. So yep. no matter what's going on, if you have a pass rush and you have a ball-hawking cornerback, 
you can have some success. Um, I want to see what we do this week against the Rams, who are not like they were last year when they won the Super Bowl. They're, they, they, they're not as good. But they're a great litmus test for us. And then after that, we get the 4-0 Eagles. That's a good litmus test for us. So after these next two weeks, I'll decide the quote-unquote fate of the Cowboys. Can we talk about how amazing the NFL has been this season so far, though? Like, every game is, like, you know, yeah. gone down to, you know, the last possession. That Dolphins-Ravens game is my favorite game of the year. Oh, yeah. That was a like, great that game. that shit was crazy. That was a great ball game. It was that crazy. That was a great ball game. Great um, ball game. You watch two quarterbacks really just show the fuck off. You yeah, know? Yeah. Two black quarterbacks. Yeah. Well, no doubt. Would you consider two, is two a black? He ain't white. I don't know what you know what the hell you call him, but you you can definitely call him a non-white quarterback, you know, and that's just yeah. what the fuck it is, you know. I'm looking a little sensitive Raven fan. She's still healing. <laughs> I'm gonna love you through your healing. <laughs> love you through your healing. Uh, but um uh, the Bills. Mm-hmm. The Bills mm-hmm. look crazy. Um, crazy great. Um, they, I think they had one stumble, but they just looked amazing. Um, I'm upset. Well, one, I'm upset for two. Uh, and, and prayers and positive energy. For two. That shit scared the shit out of me. Yeah. When I saw his hands do that, my mom was like, your fingers can't really do that. Like, I, I, I can't voluntarily do what his hands did. So yeah. it led me to believe, like, were their bones broken? I thought, I, yeah, I thought he broke his hand. Yeah. To make his, he didn't do it intentionally. I don't mean to imply that. But how were his fingers able to make that motion? Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, oh, he fucked all his fingers up. And they're not reporting that. So I think that's just an involuntary. That's exactly what it was. Reflex from brain trauma. That's exactly and what it was. That made it even scarier. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. I love football. I know the risks. I know the wrongs. I know the rights. It's just the life. But that made me want to say, Tua, don't, don't, don't play no more, dog. Like, I, I got love for you and whoever your, you know, your family is and your, your future wife and your future kids. And I want you to have that. And it really made me, like, squeamish. Like, damn. That was I scary. I going to try to come back. We, we all know he's going to try to come back. Scary stuff, though. Scary stuff. I do saw we, it. Do we let him, like, do you let a player come back? I mean, it looked like he had a micro seizure on the field. Um, because like you, when I first saw it, I thought he, he had landed, like, I thought his helmet hit his hand and broke his hand all to pieces. So when he raised his hand like that, I thought he was like, oh, my God, hit my hand is broke. But then I looked up and saw it was both of his hands. And I was like, oh, that's, that's yeah, that's, that's like a seizure. That's, that's bad, you know? Um, and so you got to look at, you got to look at what's going on with the, with the, uh, with the league and this whole, you know, chronic traumatic encephalitis thing or CTE that has, caused long-term 
you know, problems for players even after they've retired. Um, and you got to ask yourself, you know, do, do some more changes need to be made in the league? Yes, they're working on better equipment. Yes, they're working on better head equipment, you know, to protect the players' heads and their necks and so on. But, you know, it's, it's, it's an extremely violent sport. It's an unbelievably violent sport. And so you have to ask yourself, you know, is it like, is it worth it for these players to have these long and damaging careers like that? You know, it's just really scary stuff, man. I wish him the best. Absolutely. I do believe he's coming back, of course. He had his team in the, with the best record in the league, looking like world beaters. Um, and we just going to see. Mm-hmm. Um, the NBA preseason, the Wizards, I, I addressed this on Kickback Sports the other day, but the Wizards um, played the Golden State Warriors in Japan, did two games, and – the first game, everybody looked like they was just tired and jet lagged. Like they just get off the jet. Steph Curry was like one for seven from three. The Wizards shot seventeen percent from three, and the Warriors shot twenty six percent from three. Everybody looked bad. They had pockets where everybody, you know, people looked good. Um, I like what the Wizards did. They, they started Rui, which isn't the resounding thought of who's going to start this year. But they, it was in Japan. You got to start him. You know what I'm saying? He's their biggest export as far as an NBA player. Um, so they look good um, in game two. Um, looked like uh, Rui, Rui is ready to step into the starting lineup. We'll see if he does. But he looked like he was ready. And um, the Warriors, they look scarier. Their first-round pick from two years ago, center that was injured, came back and dogged the Wizards. And this guy is a top-two pick at the center spot, their weakest position. Wow. So they have That's a good thing. arguably the best center over the last two drafts coming back. To, well, I think they're bringing him off the bench, but to star. That's scary. Give the Golden State Warriors a 20 and 10 guy in the middle? Come on. That is scary. That is scary. I mean, you got to expect them to play bad having traveled, you know, literally around the world. To, to, you know, perform in Japan. So, you know, there's probably a little coldness, a little rustiness that, you know, factored into the quality of the play that you saw, you know, and that happens all the time. I mean, you know, you can, you can look at the, um, the game that was played in London last week in the NFL and that game was sloppy too, you know, it was just, you know, when they travel like that, it, it just kind of fucks up the program a little bit, you know? Factory. Um, Interesting thing before we get out of here. LeBron was asked, have you given much thought to the fact that you're going to break Kareem's record this year, you know, without injury, of course. And what is your relationship with King, with Kareem? He said, I haven't thought about the record and I have no relationship with him. But Kareem been talking shit about LeBron. He been talking shit, taking his little old man shots. I think it's jealousy. I think he's upset that LeBron's about to break his record. But um, I do want them to LeBron's a Laker now. Talk it out. Yeah, you know, like, Talk it out. <laughs> Jerry West, Magic, Genie, Bus, uh, somebody get together and squash that beef. Oh, and speaking of Lakers, on Hulu, not the TV show, which is on HBO called Winning Time, which is amazing. It is fantastic. The only bad thing about it is 
the Lakers didn't improve. They have you know, all the Lakers players, all the every player from every team. It is an excellent show. It is my favorite new show of the year called Wing Time on HBO Max. Their response to that, the Lakers' response to that, is a documentary that takes you from the beginning. And the next episode is going to be the LeBron era. So they've gone through the Will Chamberlain. No, actually, it starts from Jerry Buss took over the team. So it's Magic's rookie season with Kareem. With they won a ring all the way up to what I've seen, all the way up to the Kobe by himself without Shaq era. And I hate to say it this way, but and at this point of the documentary, Kobe is passed. So going, the next episode will be the LeBron era. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's probably the final episode, I would mm-hmm. think. Mm-hmm. So, and, and it, it's great. The TV show is great, even though the Lakers don't approve of it. It is fucking phenomenal. If, if they bring it back for 20 more seasons, I'm watching. That is how good this show is. It's showing you magic, Kareem, Jerry Buss, Jeannie Buss, Cookie. It is showing you all of that. It's just, it's my favorite new show of this year. I think I said that. It's my favorite new show. But the documentary, just as good. Just as good. So check that out. Uh, the documentary is called Legacy. It is on Hulu. The TV show is called Winning Time, and it's on HBO Max. Just fucking great content, man. It's mm-hmm. fucking great. Basketball. Preseason AD, that first game, he had a double-double in 18 minutes. He had 20 and 10 in 18 minutes. Damn. I think he's going to – well, we never know. But it looks like – He's going to step it up. And AD said that LeBron told him it's his team now and he has to lead the way. LeBron, 96 years old, he can't do it. So if AD saying he is taking that responsibility, then he's running with it. And like you said, Brooklyn, if he does, we'll see. No doubt. No doubt. Looking forward to this season, man. Looking forward to it. Hell yeah. I want to thank y'all for tuning in to our 200th episode of the podcast. Now, it's been about Damn near 500 episodes because it was internet radio, internet TV, Periscope show, Facebook live show. Then it became a podcast. So it's about, this show has been on for 10 plus years, 10 and a half years. Um, I want to thank the people that were listening in 2012. And I want to thank the people that just tuned in today for the first fucking time. And I want to thank the people who only joined when it became a podcast on podcast sites three, four years ago, mm-hmm, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you. We are I posted today that this this podcast has been streamed in over 50 countries. How crazy that is. This niggas from DC, you know, doing podcasts and from Atlanta and it's in 50 plus countries. We had 50 countries a minute ago, by the way. Um it has been a pleasure. Um, there have been a plethora of hosts. Appreciate you, JB, coming back tonight. Hey, for man. Episode. No doubt, man. It was a lot of fun. A lot of fun, man. Um, you know, I uh, looking forward to see what happens with your new season, man. I know you're going to be bringing guests in from time to time. So you're going to have a lot of interesting, different conversations so it should it should be it should be nice to see things progress and evolve and it's been a long time you know 
Hell yeah. And mm. don't forget, we're doing kickback sports. So there'll be a sports only episode. We're doing kickback conversations. That'll be one on one. Burger, get you in here. Sandy, get you in here. One on one conversations. And then there's kickback after dark. <laughs> I get to tell you about all the sex toys. Well, never mind. You know, so anyway, and then of course, the regular pod named Kickback. The regular of hard and kickback but i want to um thank you guys for tuning in thank you for all the support if you watch live i love you i appreciate you you make the show because your comments help direct the flow of the show so when you watch live thank you thank you thank you thank you thank you and if you want to watch live you can do so on our facebook page but please do so on our youtube channel which is a pod name kickback that's where the money is. That's where we can monetize. So I, I, I'm not mad at you however you watch live, but if you watch live on our YouTube page. Make sure to like and subscribe because that also helps the algorithm. That'll help this show move up to the top of the list in your timelines on YouTube in terms of your YouTube videos. And yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Good night and God bless. Uno, we out. It's a pod name, JB. Oh, you gotta do it. It's a pod name kickback. A pod name kickback. It's like a charcoal quest. You say the whole thing. <laughs> oh no, we all for real. <laughs>